the reason I wanted to do this tonight was because there's, I think, good news from two studies where they're developing vaccines. Two vaccines released published data on their phase one trials, and it's looking promising. July 20. In Ontario, we had 135 new cases today reported, mm-hmm. and our R value is 0.85, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. But does it show there? It looked, it feels to me like uh, watching the numbers the last couple of days, like it, we got low, we got almost down to 100. We were like 102 one day. 102. New cases, and then it jumped back up a little. Is that? Yep. It went up. It went up to, to over 150 for the last yeah. two days. Then, but, I mean, you have to look at the seven-day rolling averages. Yeah, like and which is showing what? The red line. Which is still not affected, more or less. Okay. Yeah, it's still going down. Okay. And you see these great spikes around the seven-day rolling average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, I think, is hoping for the days when we get to double digits. I am <laughs> waiting. I thought yeah. we were going to get there. I know, me too. At 102. We didn't quite. So close. Which just underscores how hard it is to squash this thing. Do you see a weekly trend there at all? Like, is there like, do more people go get tested on weekends at all? Do you see? I'm not looking that closely. Yeah. Yeah. But there's um. So a while ago we talked about the log, log log graphs. So where you mm-hmm. take new cases in the past week and plot them against total cumulative cases, mm-hmm. and what that gives you is just. If you're growing exponentially, it's just a perfectly straight line. Mm-hmm. And when you start to get control of the cases, th- you just drop right off that line. Yeah, it's really clear. And so Angela M. Chung on Twitter has been graphing this throughout the pandemic. And mm-hmm. so every week on Saturday morning, she like releases mm-hmm. um, the next data point. Mm. And sh- so she does every week instead of every day because mm. as we just discussed every day is way too jumpy yeah so she does weekly cases and so you see like through the month of march in oh. a little bit in april we just shot way up yeah. in the chart and the past three months have just been on us like coming down like oh so painfully slowly yeah like it's uh-huh. like we've made like we've <laughs> come down in the past months what it took like a week or two for us to build yeah it's just but it looks painful it's still going the right direction so it's going the right direction but like it's july 20th we've got like six more weeks till school starts Mm -hmm. with still no great plan no evidence of funding coming or help coming and if, yeah, if that is not hmm. done safely, uh, mm-hmm. we're just going to shoot right back up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some data coming out. In a minute, we'll, we'll talk about the, the reason I wanted to do this tonight was because there's, I think, good news from two studies where they're developing vaccines, two vaccines released published data on their phase one trials and it's looking promising we'll get to that in a second but there's some other studies coming out on which age groups of students or i'm not sure if they're like in school or just which age groups seem to transmit this more or less like and it looks like older kids transmit it more younger kids don't transmit it as much yeah Uh, so like 
I think they were saying like K through grade six. There's a there's a good argument to be made for like kindergarten through grade six. You let them go back to school in person, like full time even, and then mm-hmm. the but older grades you find something some other way mm-hmm. because they're high much higher. Ri- I don't know much higher. They're higher risk. Yeah. Of passing it on. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that too about younger kids. How they're hardly, hardly ever like the first person in the family. Mm-hmm. To get it, they'll catch it from people, but they don't give it to people. Mm-hmm. Let us hope that is the case as parents of a five-year-old mm-hmm. who's about to go back to school. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then the big news. I think this is big news. I think that we saw the first results from, you know, from a vaccine, two vaccines. There's like 150 different vaccines in testing and development right now. These are the first two that are that have been gone through testing. I think one of them maybe now is in phase three trials. So I'm, I forget how this works exactly, but phase one is basically like you're making sure you're making sure the thing is safe. Mm-hmm. You're testing the dose a little bit, I think. Like, you start with uh, like yeah. one teeny tiny teeny tiny dose in like one or two people, mm-hmm. and just make sure they don't don't die. Die, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you yeah. like ramp it up a bit from there in like small groups of people. Yeah, until you start seeing some kind of effect, effect and then you spread it out a bit more. Yeah. So I think that this study, the the Oxford study. Uh, working with AstraZeneca, they did over a thousand people, and t- ten of the people got a double dose, so a second dose. And they definitely, I think, one of the main findings that they released was the ten people that had the double dose were better or much showed much better results. So I, I mean, that's a. Uh, I mean, the main thing is that there's potential for a vaccine, and. Like some people are saying that we could see some in circulation as early as the end of this year if everything goes well, which is which is really positive news. Um, the other one is, is Cans Can Cansino bio, Biologics. You sound really confident pronouncing that. Cansino Biologics. I'm sure that's exactly how they mm-hmm. say it. Uh, which is um, from China, and uh, it's like China's, I mean, it's somehow working with China's military, and Canada is somehow working, like has signed some sort of agreement with them. Um, They also said they're doing well, but they they basically are not doing phase three trials. They're just going to give it to their military in China as like phase three. Oh. Yeah. It's weird. It's very, I don't understand. I mean, I think. But why is there, is there military particularly exposed to? Like for phase three, you need to have a group of people that are actually going to be exposed to the virus. or You're not going to be able to see any effect. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I I don't understand exactly what this means, but this is what they're saying. Yeah, see here it says, a vaccine developed by a Chinese company in collaboration with the Canadian government will skip a final phase of testing and will be used on Chinese soldiers. I really, really hope they're collecting detailed data, says infectious disease expert Dr. Isaac Bogosh. Dr. Isaac Bogosh? Mm-hmm. What article? What Is it CBC? Oh, oh CBC. 
Yeah. Um, so I think that's the main thing. The other thing that sort of is in the news and it's sort of like, you know, we were, I think people were expecting this, but there's, there's like a race for governments to like get access to these things. Mm -hmm. And so there's big deals being made with different country governments with these companies to secure Not our government huh? that we've heard. What's we that? haven't heard anything about Canada getting any deals. Well, Canada's in with the Can Sino Group. Oh, are we? Th yeah, we're funding some Great. of that work. So there's there's some sort of agreement there. Uh, I don't know if we have, if if Canada actually has bought like doses. If this mm -hmm. comes through, right? Like mm -hmm. I think two billion. I think AstraZeneca, like two billion doses have already been sold, essentially. Right. And I think the British government From bought a like drug that hasn't been that hasn't yet. been proven yet. But that's just wow, it's this like this is insane. Yeah, it's just like people are jumping on this. the The good thing, though, it sounds like some. So what I thought it was going to be is like all the rich country, you know, rich countries are going to leave poor countries in the dust, sort of. Mm -hmm. But but there's a few good signs. One is AstraZeneca has promised to not profit off the sale of this drug. They. Like, I don't know what that means. Like, obviously, they have to yeah. run their business, but, like, yeah. they're not going to try to, you know, you can, uh, you can. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's just what they're saying. Like, you can, yeah. you can make things at roughly at cost and run your business without, I mean, their stock is up, like, 20%. Yeah. Like, they're crop profiting off that already, but yeah. it's like, you could, you know, who knows? I don't yeah. know what that means. But uh, that's one good sign. The other good sign is that there's sort of this consortium of, I don't know who's involved here exactly. We need to dig this out. But there's a group of people, countries, I don't know, basically bidding on behalf of other, like, kind right. of, like, <coughs> poorer countries, <coughs> essentially. Poor countries so there, so some of those two billion doses are mm -hmm. actually f through this consortium. And so that's a good sign that that's, like, people are you know, thinking about that yeah, and doing things for that. I don't, we got to learn who's doing that and what's happening. But I feel like that's, I mean, it's got to happen, right? Like the places that have the biggest outbreaks, so like we, it's like, it has to go that way, right? Like the places with the biggest outbreaks should get some sort of priority, right? Like some yeah. numbers of the doses need to go to places that are having the biggest impacts yep I think that's all I wanted to talk about are we done okay you want to do anything um, else I just am seeing ahead here headline here that says Spain's coronavirus rate triples in three weeks after lockdown easing mm. they're having From a second wave Reuters I don't know I think it just underscores the danger we're in Everybody's feeling back. so happy that we're opening back up. The numbers keep going down. Yeah. But then before but you know it, it's like creeping up again. Yeah. And then like what that means is like you're already like because this has like a two week delay before mm -hmm. you see the pop. Yeah. It's like you're already yeah, so you're far behind. You're already two weeks behind. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to yeah. lock down again. Like it's. The fall is going to be a really scary time. Yeah. The U.S. and uh, I mean, we're I think everyone is sort of a little afraid of 
what's happening in the U.S. What are, what are, what were their afraid. number of what were their number of cases today? Has it hit a hundred thousand a day yet? Like they were at eighty four thousand last I saw. I think a few days ago. Uh, I'm just looking at Florida. They're at like U.S. eleven ish thousand cases a day just, just in fl- Florida. Just Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh. U.S. I can't. I don't see their daily. It doesn't say. But they've had 140,000 deaths. Uh-huh. If they're oh, actually, they're they went down today. Is that right? I don't know what I'm seeing here. It looks like they're on a slight down. They're at 63,000. They were up at, like, yeah, they were up in the 80, almost 80,000 cases a day. I think they're down a little bit, according to Google's graph. But I was reading an article. I think I don't remember what publication it was from, but hmm. it was a reporter who's from the Detroit area who went back to Michigan to, like, see what's going on there yeah and to check on his mom and he talked with a lot of people and he talked with this one woman who lost like her grandma her mom and her aunt oh they right. all died like it was like back in march oh. and they had had a birthday party and oh. it was before like before everything got locked down and uh-huh. it was just like devastating and i think and that those 140 deaths, 140,000 deaths in the U.S. are very, very concentrated mm-hmm. in families and in communities. And so you have wide swaths of people who don't know anybody who's died from coronavirus. Yeah. And then people who know dozens of people mm-hmm. who have died from coronavirus. And it's just very... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the clustering is very stark and painful. Mm. Oh, I was supposed to end with jokes, but mm, sure, you got one. No, I only have that really depressing story. Oh. Um. No, I don't have one. Should mm-hmm. I pause? Should we pause and I can find one? Sure. I found out more about this group that has this uh, plan to buy the kind of a global plan, really, to vaccinate high-risk populations. It's it's uh, the WHO really is leading it, World Health Organization. Uh, they and and their plan is to purchase two billion doses for the high r- highest risk populations of the world. Um, the goal is by 2021, doses could be delivered to countries to vaccinate high-risk individuals. Uh, it's called the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, or CEPI. It'll cost $18 billion to deliver the plan, and they're looking to... Uh, of the $18 billion, they need $11 billion in the next six months. And they need commitment from high, in upper, and middle-income countries to purchase about a billion doses of the vaccine in the next six months. Yeah. And it's sort of, it, they're saying it's sort of also for 
it's sort of like they're saying by doing this, they can purchase, they can make agreements with a bunch of companies because the risk of, you know, a given country making a bet on one company's vaccine and it not, you know, it falling through, it's better. They're basically arguing, let's do it all together and we can all buy shares in all of these companies vaccines and every sort of an insurance policy that you get access to like somewhat equitable access to the one that the ones that work when when it's shown to work so see see how well that picks up i guess okay on to the joke jokes first of all while i was looking for jokes i found on amazon a book called 101 Coronavirus Jokes that was published in mid-March. Great. Which, first Great. of all, too soon. And mm. second of all, they didn't have even a sample joke. <laughs> so I'm not buying that. But anyways, here is a joke mm -hmm. that I imagine could be in 101 Coronavirus Jokes. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between COVID-19 and Romeo and Juliet? What? One's the coronavirus and the other is a Verona crisis. <laughs> there you go. Good job.